at almost exactly the same time, a few kilometers away. It was John Cantley and Jerome Orleman's bad luck to stumble into their base camp. As the men picked along the boulders on their way into northern Syria, they could hear the bullets and the whirring of regime helicopters as the rebels advanced on the border crossing of Bab al-Hawar. A row of rebel tents looked like the perfect place to break their journey, and Durgham suggested they ask for a cup of tea. It was a mistake. Within thirty seconds, bearded, dark-skinned men were all around them, toting guns and haranguing them for being spies. When Durgham tried to speak on their behalf in Arabic, Cantley was astonished to hear a voice booming out of the darkness in perfect London-accented English. I'm going to kill this guy if he doesn't shut up. The Brits, of whom there were at least half a dozen, soon proved to be the biggest threat to Cantley and Orlemans. They were much more brutal than the others, and kept insisting that the two journalists deserved imminent execution. One, whom the journalists named the Preacher, suggested that they prepare for the afterlife. Are you ready to meet Allah? From under his blindfold, Orlemans could make out another tall British man wearing trainers and a shiny tracksuit. He reminded Orlemans of the young Arabs he'd seen smoking shisha on the streets of West London's Edgware Road. Someone with the manners of a city boy, and who thinks he knows it all. He was also sadistic, forcing the journalists to sit with their hands cuffed behind their backs for long periods, and generally manhandling and humiliating them for his own satisfaction. He was clearly frustrated. He immediately hated us. He was from Britain, and therefore he hated Britons. I don't know why, but he must have felt alienated, envious. He was talking about our rotten society in general. It was all about us being kafirs or unbelievers, who don't know what we're talking about and that we're going to be for it now. By day two, thoroughly spooked by the fervour of their captors, the journalists decided to make a run for it. In a vivid dispatch he wrote afterward for the Sunday Times, John Cantley recounted what happened next. I ended up running for my life, barefoot and handcuffed, while British jihadists, young men with South London accents, shot to kill. They were aiming their Kalashnikovs at a British journalist, Londoner against Londoner in a rocky landscape that looked like the Scottish Highlands, bullets kicking up dirt as I ran, a bullet through my arm, another grazing my ear, and not a Syrian in sight. Shot and wounded, Orlemans and Cantley were dragged back to the camp to be tormented even more. At one point Cantley heard the sharpening of knives. When news came that the pair might be ransomed rather than killed, they took it as a relief. At the time, John Cantley's first encounter with British jihadis in Syria was thought by some Syria journalists to be an unfortunate hiccup in the course of a conflict about other things. The one thing everyone could agree upon was that it wasn't really a kidnapping at all. They were as surprised as we were, Jerome and Orlemans told me. We walked into their camp and maybe they saw an opportunity. In retrospect, there was something amateurish about the whole thing. Cantley would later dub it an adventure course for disenchanted twenty-year-olds. But it was also evolving into something else. The reason they'd made a run for it, according to Orlemans, was that we didn't want to end up in orange jumpsuits. The fate of some Western hostages of Al-Qaeda during the early years of the Iraq War, shortly before their grisly execution. The journalists' ordeal only ended when friendly local rebels barged into the camp and demanded their release. They were so fucking religious, remembers Orlemans. 
All the talk was about what heaven would look like. You'd be taken to paradise, where Allah would preside on a huge throne. Your family would already be there, and there'd be lots of girls. Before that, however, there was work to be done. The foreign jihadis, as those who rescued the journalists explained, badly wanted to take the border crossing so they could use it as a bridgehead to bring more of their comrades into Syria. First, we have to fight the regime in Syria, is how Orlemans remembers their plan of attack. Then there will be something much bigger. We will have to fight the Western Crusaders. It will be the war to end all wars, the final reckoning and the last battleground. It was the British guys who were saying this. When he read the first issue of Darbic, the Islamic State's magazine, two years later, it felt to Orlemans that it had been written by the same people. The abduction of friendly foreign journalists...